you've got the baby, now you've got to get in shape, like it's your responsibility. Um, it's like how do you how do you do that plus deal with becoming a new mum plus deal with trying to be in the best shape of your life and have everyone judge you and what you look like and the pressure of bouncing back and all of these things. Like it's too much. Today on the podcast, we have Stephanie Sanzo, who is a fitness icon. She's actually my personal favorite coach on the Sweat app. She has an awesome 12-week program. Oh, she's also a mama of two and has a brand new athleisure line coming out. And even though so many of us look up to her for our fitness goals, like she has body goals mm -hmm. for us, she shared with us her own personal struggles with body image today on the podcast. But before we jump into all of that, make sure to follow us on patreon.com slash hi, my name is mom. Ooh, are you following us? It's only $3 a month. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wait, is Adrian following us? Finally, because oh, I for his birthday. <laughs> I've sent Jonathan the link many times. You guys should all just like bombard him with the Patreon link. We'll we need to now shame John into joining us shame, on Patreon. That's exact guilt him into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. $3 a month. You better do it or you don't like us. Patreon.com. Why is this dun. the creepy version I don't of us? know. We're not creepy. Okay, let's talk to Stephanie. Okay. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives. And at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. We have Stephanie Sanzo with us today. We're really excited. I could fangirl over you. And oh, one yes. of the, I have to tell you something. One of the reasons that I love following you, because Stephanie's ripped. Okay. And, and she's tiny, like me and Kayla. <laughs> I barely skim five feet in the morning after I've done yoga. I'm 5'4", and I'm the tall one. Just she's, to give you guys So it's actually really fun to see somebody who is little like I am and go, wow, like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's goals. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you that I love that you're tiny. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's funny though, on um, if, like sometimes when I put some content out and I kind of look at it, I look like a giant, like online. And I, I'm always saying to my partner, I'm like, I look like I'm six foot something. Like, it's just crazy. The perspective of how, you know, I'm, I am actually quite little, how big you can look online. So um, I'm glad you recognize, or unless you've read, <laughs> I'm super into heavy lifting. So I'm, I'm stalking everything you do because I'm a big believer in picking up heavy things and feeling strong and feeling good. From what I understand, first of all, Stephanie has two kiddos, right? Mm -hmm. How old are those kiddos? Uh, they are 14 and 12 now. Oh my wow. goodness. And what was your moment where you decided to turn to fitness? Uh, so I would like to say it was probably after my first child. Um, I was quite uh, petite. Uh, no, muscular, muscular. I can't even say the word, muscular. <laughs> I'm on my like second copy and my brain's already going crazy. Not much muscle is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so I, yeah, I gained a stack of weight after having a my first child and um, I kind of didn't feel comfortable in my skin anymore. Because uh, I put on 25 kilos and when you, well, we're just talking about being short. And I think when you're that short, you notice it, <laughs> putting 25 kilos in a very small frame. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to get back to my pre-body baby weight. Um, and that was kind of my intention to, you know, I didn't pick up weights at first. It was more so running. I started with running. That's how I came into the fitness uh, space. 
and lost my weight that way and kind of watched what I ate, but um, didn't really know much about the lifting world at that point. So you had never really been into fitness previously? Uh, no, I hated it. I, I guess I didn't like being uncomfortable. I didn't like sweating. I didn't like, you know, I, didn't, I used to park next to the supermarket door as close as I could so I didn't have to walk the groceries that far. <laughs> I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I could never picture myself even doing what I'm doing now. I, if I had known back then, I would have been like, no, that's not me. Like, never. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, though, that you were able to make such a big turn, because I feel like a lot of people in the fitness space probably have been involved in it in, in some capacity for a really long time. But you having kids and wanting to feel comfortable in your skin again, that was really the impetus for you doing anything. It was just the right motivation. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, that's not actually what got me into the fitness industry as a coach. It was just more so like getting into shape what got me into becoming a coach was uh when I became a single mom which was even harder (laughs) Uh, I had a marriage breakdown and um suddenly I had these two kids by myself and I had to find a job quick smart that required minimal I guess hours that I could do that didn't interrupt me taking care of the kids so I looked into personal training without knowing anything about it or even being interested in it at first um and that's how it kind of kick-started the weightlifting side of things but um yeah it was definitely my interest into fitness was definitely from, as you you know, when you have kids, you gain weight. A lot of that's necessary weight and sometimes it's not necessary and we want to always feel good in our skin. Um, you know, if you feel good, you're a better mother, you're a better partner, whatever. So, um, yeah, for me, that was kind of like the, the reason why I decided to look into my health a little bit more. Seriously. I just definitely didn't think that I would ever fall in love with it the way that I did. And it becomes such a big part of my life. Yeah, that was very unexpected. For moms who are thinking about kind of dipping their toes into that water, what were your first steps when you decided you're like, this is what I'm going to do? What was your game plan? Did you have any idea or did you just kind of like wing it? I winged it. And I think if I had have had a really structured plan going into what I wanted, the fitness space and what I wanted from it, I think it would have put me off and been too overwhelming because there's so much information out there, um, what you should do, how you should look the correct way everyone has their idea of what's the right thing and the way that I kind of started lifting was I just had these dumbbells in my shed my little dark dingy shed with molds and whatever around me uh, <laughs> I put the, like the kids down to sleep and then I would run into the shed put my headphones in and I'll just like bicep girl I'd maybe press up in the air I didn't know what I was doing but I was moving um, moving my body and lifting something heavy um, and so that's all I knew and that was my way of starting I guess and then as you do things you know you learn along the way so it's like okay well how do I train something other than my arms with these damn dumbbells oh okay I can do legs too google it like it was just yeah integrating things very slowly at first for me. I think that a lot of moms especially moms of little kids we just sometimes feel like it's pointless that we can never do it with any consistency. Right. But when you started putting your mind to getting in the garage with those weights, did you, you said you started to love it. Did you also feel a shift in how you felt as a new mom? Yeah, it's, it's so crazy because we're all moms here. So you understand that when you have a baby, there's a huge identity shift. You're not the same person that you were <laughs> prior. You know, it's not about you anymore. It's about, making sure that your household's taken care of, the baby's fed, slept well, clothes, you know, taken care of. And sometimes you do forget about yourself. And for me, 
I, I guess I wasn't thinking about myself so much at that point because it's really hard to do, but I was thinking like, oh, I'm bored. I've put the kids to bed. I don't feel good. I'm just going to pick up some weights and do whatever. There was no like, yeah, actual intentional, intentional plan to like start looking after my health. Um, and there's probably a lot of pressure on women to do that. Like you've got the baby, now you've got to get in shape. Like it's your responsibility. Um, it's like how do you how do you do that plus deal with becoming a new mum plus deal with trying to be in the best shape of your life and have everyone judge you and what you look like and the pressure of bouncing back and all of these things. Like it's too much. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are the same, like the pressure. Of oh, yeah. Back. I know the first time I went through it, I felt like, am I ever going to feel right in my body again? Because it also takes a really long time. And I don't know That's what, what they the, don't tell people. I yeah, really think new moms, the they expect that the baby comes out and most of the weight comes off right away. Yeah. And most of the time it just doesn't. And I don't know what the uh, postpartum care is like where you are in Australia, but here you kind of just feel like you're sent home. Yeah. Oh, here's a baby. Good yeah. luck. Fingers crossed yeah, yeah. that you get any core strength back. And then when you're tired, it's also really hard to think about finding the energy to actually do something besides survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and props to every single mother out there. I think it's probably one of the most hardest jobs that you could ever do. <laughs> like you can go work long hours at a job, whatever, but being a mother, it's like nonstop. You know, at least you go home from your nine to five, you go home and then you put the TV on and you chill and you can mentally switch off. I think, yeah, when you're a mother, it's, there's no switching off. It's kind of just go, go, go. And that's your new responsibility. And the changes in your mindset, your body, uh, everything just changes. So it's it's a huge hit to an individual. Um, and that's not to say that women that don't have kids don't know what hard work is, <laughs> you know, each to their own. But I do know from my personal experience that, yeah, having kids was one of the most hardest things that I have ever done, but also probably the best thing because it allowed me to, I guess, switch into the person that I was meant to be. Um, yeah. And that's the thing too, like I, uh, if I didn't go through, you know, having kids and then going through a separation and becoming a single mother, I would definitely not be doing what I'm doing in the fitness space now, um, you know, so it's just a matter of making your situation work for you and being the best that you can be through that, no matter what your situation is, whether you're married with kids or single or, you know, separated, it's like you can make, you can do anything that you want to do in your circumstance. So the first time you walk out into the shed and you picked up the weights, yeah. describe the feeling that you had after you completed that first workout. What was going through your head? I guess a feeling of uh, satisfaction uh, because it's like when you clean the house and the house is clean and you've just killed yourself cleaning the house. And for five minutes, by the way, it's clean. It's how long it lasts when everyone comes yeah. through like a tornado and clears everything out. But um. Yeah, when you clean the house, you have this satisfaction of, oh, this feels good. Everything's clean. I feel satisfied. I feel empowered. Like, great. It's a bit like that when I started lifting weights in the shed. I'll just, like, pump around until my heart rate was up. I was a little bit sweaty. I'd go inside, have a shower, and then sit down and go, oh, that felt awesome. Like, I feel like I've done something today, you know, it's something that's taken a little bit of gas out of me. And, yeah, it's just that feeling of satisfaction. Um that's what I mean. Like, that's why you don't have to do these huge workouts at the gym to get started. You can do that at home in your shed, whether you're doing weights or doing body weight, you know, ab workout, ab circuit, circuit like whatever. Um, is If you get that feeling of like, oh, you know, exertion, I've done something. 
you're never, you never feel bad after no. a workout, right? Like you just might have to rally to do it, but there's never a moment where you're like, I, Even I really wish I hadn't good. done that workout. Yeah. yeah. At what point did you start to see a change in your body composition? Is there a point where you're like, oh, my ass is starting to look amazing. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? <laughs> I had the biggest pancake but like literally like nothing. You did. No, no way. No way. I do. Really good this is giving me hope. This is actually giving me hope. <laughs> so genetically I held most of my weight around my midsection and then I would always have really lean limbs. Um, so yeah, for me, the butt thing didn't come till later on in training when I actually understood how to train my glutes properly. Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we can go through the motions and not actually activate the muscles we're trying to work. Um, so, yeah, that came later on for me. But what I did notice pretty uh, quickly was the development of muscle in my arms from that shed lifting that I was doing because I was doing, like, arms every night, like, in my shed. So Just of all arm workouts. <laughs> yeah. I, it was like I was getting these biceps. I'm like, oh, how did that happen? Um, but, <laughs> I need that yeah. to happen to me. Oh, how did that happen? Maybe it will. You actually have to lift the heavy things. <laughs> I have a four-year-old. I see yeah. Carrie. Doesn't that count? Yeah. I mean, she's like 30 pounds. And you know, that's not heavy enough. I know. It clearly. does count though. Like, you know, like lifting kids is it's a heavy thing to do every day. Like it is weights in some respects. Um, why, but, do not, why are my arms You not, need to lift your 12-year-old. That's what you need to do. Idea. 90 pounds. <laughs> like. That's right. <laughs> the bigger the kid, the better. But yeah, so the development in my arms was... Uh, Pretty quick, I think. And I and the joy about being a newbie trainer, uh, anyone who starts weightlifting for the first time, you get newbie gains. So your body is going, oh, my gosh, like, what are you doing to me right now? And it reacts pretty quickly. The downfall is the longer that you train, the harder you have to work for your strength and your muscle because your body knows what's going on now. Um, so that's, that's probably the biggest benefit uh, to anyone starting out, especially if you are a mom that's just had a kid and you've had like a lot of time off training, you are the perfect candidate to be gaining muscle quick um, and easier. Uh, So don't ever let you, you know, not having uh, a foundation of weight training stop you uh, from ever starting because you are probably at the peak of getting results before, you know, even touching weights. I think it's also true that you can still have your favorite body ever after kids, which I think is a really great thing to hang on to because I mean, I think bodies are always going to be different. I had three C-sections. Jen had four C-sections. Like there's, there's things we cannot change, but I also think that what you're saying. Not without a lot of money and some pain. (laughs) (laughs) I think I actually like my body better after kids. There's things that I don't like as much, but overall, and I, and I think that's something that, that moms should hang on to because I think it would be easy to go, well, my body's never going to be the same, but maybe you don't want it to be the same. Maybe you want it to be better or different. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like my body is much better than what it was before kids. And I don't know if that's because, you, you know, your hips open up. <laughs> your hips get wider when you become pregnant. Like everything changes. Your proportions change. Um, the way that you carry your weight changes. Um and so, yeah, I think that you have more of a voluptuous, for some people, uh, body after babies, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's like you should be repping it, like womanly features. Like, why not? Um, Hell yeah. I do I know. I'm that- going through that transition now where I'm just realizing that my body has changed and yeah. I'm trying to embrace it. Kayla has an almost two-year-old, and she was doing your program mm-hmm. when she got pregnant. 
Yeah. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. I was doing like everything possible to get pregnant. And then I finally, we stopped trying and I downloaded, I was traveling a lot for work and I was doing a lot of filming and I downloaded the sweat app and I like to lift. And I was like, I want to do her program. And so I was doing, I, the whole summer, everyone I met, I would say, I'm lifting because I'm going to be mom strong. I'm going to get strong enough that my, that my body can carry a baby. Cause I had a lots of miscarriages. I thought I was doing your program when I got pregnant. So I started following you. And then I got really lazy after I had my daughter and I haven't done a program yet. And then I was going to start it again um, and having issues again. But I'm like, you're my favorite person to follow because it's really hard finding fitness models and instructors that aren't six foot tall and the workouts are kind of gained towards them. And I'm like, oh, I love short instructors. Yeah. Also, her version of lazy is not lazy. All right. I'm, I just need to to say that yes. she works her butt off and also also looks amazing. So I just want to say that. Yeah, but I'm a huge fan of your program and it's it's been fun. I like how accessible your work is for, you know, especially when you have a newborn and you're in the first couple of years. Um, my daughter's not in daycare or anything, so I'm at home with her. And so it's so feasible to do at home workouts and my husband's into CrossFit. And so we have like all the setup in our garage. Um, so it's kind of like a family thing for us because our daughter sees us work out. So I'm curious with your family, how do you implement fitness with your family? Is it a whole thing? Are your kids involved in fitness? Does your husband do fitness? Yeah. So I, the thing is, I my personal journey with fitness is I was the only one in my family. So I don't have, I personally don't have a you know, family full of sports and fitness or anything like that. With my own family, um, my partner does is into fitness. He's actually the one that taught me the foundations of powerlifting, which is probably what you see a lot in the in the programs that you do. Um, I actually worked for his. He had a gym in our local area that he owned, and I came on as a personal trainer because I used to see people face to face for his gym. So that's how we got together through there. But the gym was very much. Um, strongman and powerlifting focused and so when I was training my girls in the gym they would be like I didn't know anything about powerlifting back then either it's not what I learned through my PT certification but um they would look and they'll see all of these people lifting heavy and bleeding out their noses and like <laughs> just crazy stuff in this gym and I'm like I have no idea what they're doing I don't know this is just like the type of gym so I actually came to my partner who wasn't my partner at the time and I said you know can you teach me what you guys are doing because my girls are asking about it. I have no idea. And he was like, if I'm going to teach you how to do it, you're going to do it. Uh, so that's how I got into it. I had to learn so I could teach everyone else. And then that's where I fell in love with it. In regards to my um, kids, so being older now, um, I never ever, this sounds so stupid, but I always, I never really told them what I did for a job. Like they were just young and um, I never really, showed them social media or anything. I kind of just went to work. They were in daycare, came back from work or wherever they were. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was that. We got into, you know, reading, bathing, whatever. <laughs> I never actually talked to them about fitness because they were so young. But um, as they've gotten older, my daughter, I, I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I allowed them to show their own interests without forcing it upon them. Um, so naturally, because we were leading by example with our eating and being fit, 
as they got older, they would ask more questions and then naturally uh, gravitate towards that themselves. So my daughter has been doing gymnastics since she was six, um, really loves that, really into it. I've never put pressure on her to overtrain or do anything like that. She's just found a natural love for it. So I'm hoping something was in the blood there <laughs> that I never had. Uh, and my son also is the same. So we have a home set up and he goes into the shed and does some training or will train him. Um, and he also does boxing, which I think was really important for him because he uh, <laughs> it was he's going through puberty and uh, there was this like new aggressive side thing <laughs> that I never knew, <laughs> uh, which is a real shock. And it was either he you know, beat up his sister or beat up some bags. So um, he's, he's new to uh, the boxing at the moment, but he had a great foundation with some Olympic lifting um, and just training at home, which he loves as well. And he's got like a great rig. He's got like a six pack and I'm real jealous. Like he's got some good genetics there. They weren't from me, but um, yeah, <laughs> he, he's, uh, they, yeah, they had their own interest in it, which I'm really grateful for because I would hate to like force this upon them and then them, I guess, get bitter or rebellious and say, I don't want to ever be like that. That's what you two do. That's not what we want to do. So it's been a really natural progression, which I feel really grateful for. When I was younger, I thought I just needed to do a ton of cardio. Right. And if I could get back all the hours I spent on an elliptical machine. Elliptical and like have low years, calorie. Years. No yeah. food. Yeah, I was actually yeah, curious no. about your um, your perspective on eating because that's another thing, you know, especially with hormones all over the place and trying to figure out your new normal. Did you have an interest in diet at that time when you were a new mom? Was that something that was top of mind for you? I I think I did when I was doing all the running. I was like, I know I should eat healthier and I would look a lot of things up. Um, and there's so much... <laughs> There's so much information out there. It can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, but I guess I tried to pick what I, back then what I thought was healthy. So I'd go for like low-fat options, even though they were full of sugar and I didn't know it at the time. <clears throat> my gosh, my voice is cracking. I've had a big morning. <laughs> Been yelling at everyone. No, I haven't. Been. <laughs> <laughs> the last quick, get ready for school. Okay. Mom life. Um, but, yeah, so I, I knew nothing about nutrition kind of going into my fitness journey. And it wasn't until probably, oh, I'd say five years ago, or maybe six years ago that I learned what macros were. So I was in this fitness industry, like pretty well established, not knowing anything about nutrition um, because I just did not care. And I, there was just too much information and I didn't even know where to start. And I think a lot of people today are still overwhelmed with what's the right diet, the calorie deficit, this is what I should eat, I should fast no I should do keto no I should do a carb surplus like it's so confusing and I think for me I just had to do every diet under the sun to figure out what works best <laughs> in the end because I was just like this is too much so so the million dollar question is what does work best for you uh and the million dollar question is that that is an age dependent thing because I uh I could eat one way at 20 which was um you know quite a fair amount of carbohydrates for my training load, which was all the powerlifting, like the heavy stuff. So I needed a lot of energy. Uh, it's what my body craved. It's what my body could process really well. You know, fast track 10 years later, I can't process carbs the way that I used to process carbs when I was 20. Um, you know, I ended up getting insulin resistant and I had, I guess my health declined uh, two years back. I ended up getting parasites and 
I don't know, like gut bacteria issues and all of these things. Um, so I found for me personally to this day, like as we stand, uh, currently a lower carb diet approach for me works really, really well. I've uh, dabbled in and out of uh, keto to reset my uh, body in regards to the way that it's functioning with the insulin resistant and the um, bacteria that I've been struggling with, um, working with a naturopath currently to resolve some of those issues. But yeah, it really, there is no, I guess, set diet for anybody. It's really up to the individual. And I've done many that have worked back then, but don't work now. And I'm still just trialing to see what works for me to this day. So so I read article, every time you have a kid, right? It's like your body changes so much. Sorry, I read an article that you did um, a few years back and someone asked you about nutrition and you said, and, and I loved this and I, I can't remember which outlet it is. You might know, but you said, stay away from packaged foods. If it's meat or from the ground, you're good to go and start there. And I loved that approach because I feel like that's just such an easy thing for someone getting into it. I was like, oh, it's never been said that way before. Like if it's meat or from the ground, you get a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. And the, the reason I say that is because I don't know, it, sometimes it's not just a matter of looking at the macros in the back of a packet. What a lot of people miss is the things that are in the packet to keep it fresh, uh, which can kill our gut lining um, because they're all artificial things made from human beings um, that weren't meant for our bodies to process. Our bodies don't know how to break that stuff down. So we're causing internal damage over time. And so by eating from the ground or off an animal, at least you know that it's not human made unless you're buying really poor quality meat and it's been injected with hormones and things like that. So um, yeah, just making sure that you are getting that quality uh, quality food. And, and I guess the hard bit is that it's easy to say that, but it does take preparation. Like sometimes when you're on the go, it's not as easy as said as go get it from the cow or, or off the ground, you know, because we're traveling and life happens. But, you know, if you can, when you're at home and you are prepared, eat fresh, it will make a huge difference. Well, it's interesting. I, um, my dad's been in the food business, just actually like Kayla's dad for like 40, 50 years at this point. And he always said, only shop the perimeter of the grocery store, right? And barely dip into the aisles. It's like, if you can do that, and granted, it usually means for me going to the store more than once a week because the, the fresh stuff, it's like, you just constantly kind of keep filling your fridge. But um, I always thought that was really good advice too. It's like shop the perimeter and don't go in the aisles or like dip in for just basic grains that you need or whatnot. Yeah. That's right. And it does take a little bit more, like I said, preparation and a little bit more expensive as well for some, which can always be a bit of a struggle as well. Like you said, going multiple times in the week. But anyway, like, let's be real as mothers, uh, who does not go to the supermarket <laughs> multiple, <laughs> multiple times a week? I'm there like every day. I've got friends down there. I'm like, hey, Jill. Hi, Sarah. Like, they all know me down there because I'm shopping way far too much. <laughs> Stephanie, what was the point where you had been gaining all this information, you were starting to love fitness, and then and then you have this huge following, you have all these people looking to you for fitness advice and as inspiration and plans that you now share that people can can follow. At what point did you go, oh, wow, this is something that isn't just for me, I'm actually inspiring people and helping people? Yeah, so that was, uh, I guess, one of the main reasons that I put together a um, social media account. Number one, to really, I guess, share my journey with other people so that I could be accountable to somebody because I was very 
alone. I'd moved to a new city, um, had kids straight away, really young. I was, how old was I? I was 19 when I had my first uh, child. Uh, he was a surprise. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have a couple of those, so I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can never prepare yourself for that. But, um, yeah, so I moved to a new city. I'm like, oh, I want to do this fitness thing. Um, I don't really know a lot of people um, and I'm really passionate about helping others. It's something that I am drawn towards, I guess, um, always trying to give as much information as I can and help others learn the same. I get really excited and I learn something. I want to tell everyone. Um, so I was like, yeah, like there was this, uh, back then it was Instagram, but it was a photo sharing site. It wasn't videos or anything like that. Um, so I uploaded uh, some video. I thought it was a filter chart site at first. I didn't actually know that it was a social media account. I just thought you put a filter on your video and then it goes somewhere. I was just so oblivious. But um, so I started, I researched more about Instagram and found out what it was, but I put uh, fitness photos up and shared my, you know, fitness journey along the way. I would go down the beach and do a run and then take a <laughs> selfie, put it on there and said, you know, like morning run, feeling awesome in the hopes that it would encourage someone else to go for a morning run, run, I guess. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of what started the whole fitness thing online is that accountability and just wanting to share my journey. Uh, and then I guess it's so hard to condense these stories because it's not, it's never an overnight success, you know. It's, it was years in the, in the building and kind of figuring out the platform as I went and getting to know the audience as it grew and what they wanted and who they were. And so, yeah, it's just been from that point of starting social media, which was in 2012, I think I started Instagram um, to this point now. Yeah. A very uh, long time. <laughs> Do you remember what that defining moment was? Do you remember the specific post or video that went viral that made you go, wow? I, I don't know if there, there was one video I remember that uh, did go very viral back on Instagram in the day. It got like 10 million views, I think. Um, wow. But it was me dancing, I think, and doing a deadlift. It was like the end of a big working day with PT. And after my PT sessions, I would go and train. Um, and at that point, my partner at the time, when I say at the time, we weren't quite dating, uh, but he was picking up a camera and filming me. He's like, I think you should film um, the workouts. And I was like, no, I, I don't want... I'm just happy with my photos. Like I don't want anyone watching me working out because I don't want people telling me that I'm doing it wrong. I didn't have the confidence as well. Like I was really fearful of what people thought. Um, he's like, no, 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 I'm going to pick up the camera. I'm just going to just gonna film. Like you do your thing, don't stress about it. Like we don't even have to put it up. So he started filming my workouts um, just for fun. And uh, then, yeah, as I was putting them up, I remember this one video, I was, yeah, doing this deadlift. I think I was deadlifting and dancing at the same time. It just went, yeah, viral. And from that point forward, I kind of, as my little business had <laughs> started to <laughs> go off, and I'm like, okay, so people like the heavy lifting, but they also like the entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I guess I've always seen my fitness pages, yes, knowledge and workouts and all that kind of thing, but I'm very heavily geared towards entertaining at the same time. So there's cinematic videos and putting some attitude in there sometimes. But I guess the sad thing in that as well is that's how it kind of started and people really responded well. But over time, if I'm going to be really honest with you right now, I've kind of, I did a video on my Instagram about this yesterday, but I've kind of gone inward a little bit because the more that you grow, the more uh, feedback you get about what you're doing. And a lot of it is great and encouraging and I'm really, really lucky. But there's also those little negative ones that come in there that you have to see and read. And if you're in a point in your life where 
or even in your day where you're feeling a little bit weaker, you're not on your strong side. You know, the week after your period, you're like, I'm awesome, I can conquer the world. You know, your hormones are beautiful. But if you're the week before and you're already down in the dumps and you're feeling like you just can't go on and then people say a heap of crap about you, <laughs> it gets in sometimes. So I think over time I've kind of, I've my content from being really free and I'll do whatever and I'll dance and do that, it's more restricted as I've gone on. And I don't like that. That's something that I want to change um, because it's just become very... I guess stiff, and you can see that I'm feeling. It sucks the fun out of it for you. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it, it really has, and I, I miss that. I want to get back to just that freedom that it used to be, and the, and the reason why I started in the first place, which was to actually entertain and give free workouts and all of that kind of thing. So that's yeah, that's where I want to get back to. Well, there's unfortunately a culture of people who are, I'm pretty sure just sit there and wait to say something negative, mm-hmm. but you're so right about where you are in your day or your, and I think that can happen on any level, you know, it can happen. It can happen to anyone looking or you see a post that makes you feel crappy because of one reason or another, but that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that happens because th- there's so much positive that comes out of it and so much connection. And I love the fact that you said you started it because of accountability because yeah. that's such a big thing. When you were saying that, I'm like, oh, maybe I need to start posting what I'm meal prepping so that I'll do it. <laughs> like, Actually, Kayla, didn't we decide to be accountability partners about something and then we totally forgot what it was? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's mom brain, right? You're like, what was it that I was no. going to? I just actually, um, last Wednesday started the program again. Um, cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back into it. I tried to start it when in December and I, and I took before pictures and I haven't taken like this week's pictures yet just cause I've had a puking kid on me all week, but, um, <laughs> understandable. and you know what, like you were saying like the motivation to, you've done it before, you know, you've done it before and yeah. Now you know that oh, like, uh, I better get in, into it again. And I think that's the um, the reason why you're probably struggling to because you've got the mindset of, oh, I should get back into it instead of like I want to because I know that it gave me great results last time. If you can change your mindset to, uh, I guess, a love about it, like I want to because I enjoy it, not because I've had a baby and I should because I need to get back into shape. I think if you can tweak. Well, that's what's funny. I do love it. Like, and you get addicted. Once like you get one week of like solid getting your heart rate up, you have to do it. Like you don't, you can't miss it. Like you have to do it. And so I, and I think my problem is, is I've come from such a muscular background. I know as soon as I do it, I get results really fast. And so- I'm the opposite. And Corey, I've talked to you about this before. And I don't know if you're like this. I'm like, I'm wait, that, that, that program is in three months. It takes me four weeks to like get that. Like, and so I'm terrible at like procrastinating to get started because yeah. I know the program works. Like I, I know it does. It's so it's. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think what you said is so true though. You said, you know, after a full week, I get results. If you guys can, when I say you guys, anyone watching right now, if you can push yourself past that first week where you really establish that routine, it's really easy from there. It's the first couple of days of doing it that's really, really hard to get the routine and the motivation there to keep going. But there, there is always something, whether it's dieting or training, with that full one complete week. And I don't know if it's our crazy women brain that makes us feel like a week is like, you know, that's if we can do that, we can do anything. Just getting past that point. 
So, um, yeah, my encouragement would be just to, like, get past those seven days or six days uh, and just uh, establish that routine again and it will be a lot easier. And don't overwhelm yourself. Don't think about, oh, crap, it's like 12 weeks worth of training. I know how long I've got to do this. I know the commitment I've got to make. I know that if I miss a session, it's going to set me back. Don't don't think about the future. Just be in the now and take each day as it comes and just complete those workouts in that day and um, be graceful towards yourself for doing that and be like, you know, I did it today. Now here's to tomorrow. Even have a checklist on your mirror in the bathroom where you've got like feed kids, do five minutes of reading, complete my 20-minute workout so that you feel like you've accomplished something instead of your day just being crazy and you're like, what have I done today? Like, what have I done? (laughs) You know? So, yeah, it's just being proud of yourself and taking each day as it comes. I That's love this. such good advice. Yeah. And, you know, with, with you talking about it being such a more in-depth story, building what you have now, I mean, having the following you do does not happen by accident. That is, it's so clear that you are very business-minded in, in addition to just being obviously, you know, very fit and very smart in the fitness world. Do you feel like you have found that sort of elusive thing that we like to call balance with being a mom and running a business? And I mean, it's, it's cool that fitness is part of your life. I was going to say, because one of the things we balance, we try to fit in is the workout. Yeah. So how do you feel like you, on your, your day to day, because as somebody that so many people look up to, what is your struggle of looking at that list? Yeah, I guess the first thing that I had to recognize was, for me, balance doesn't exist. I was chasing it for so long. We say Mm -hmm. that all the time. And I'm so glad to hear that, you know, you feel the same way because we're like, that's not a thing. I think society makes us like feel like we need a pie chart and it's got like family, fitness, work, quality time, and that we have to fill everything in on that pie chart of what a perfect life is of balance that doesn't exist. But, um, I think for me, it's it's it was like just a matter of like what I said is what is important to me during the day and what can wait till later because I know that, well, for me personally, I always like to speak on behalf of women because I think we're all the same and a lot of times we are, but I also have to realise that I'm an individual as well. But for me, I get really overwhelmed if I have all of these things in the day that I want to get done and if I don't get them done, I get I don't know, I get anxious by the end of the day. Like if I walk into the kitchen, done all my training, I've done my reading, I've done the stuff with the kids, everything else, but yet my kitchen's a mess. I start getting like, my heart rate starts getting a little bit funny and I start getting irritated with the people around me. And then I have to quickly, oh, and then clean up for myself to feel better. Uh, And in my life that has probably been my biggest downfall is I overwhelm myself with every single thing that I have to do. But I think sometimes you just need to let go a little bit and just do what's important in that day and if you're picking you know dishes and vacuuming over your 20 minute health session I guess the difference is that the dishes and the vacuuming is always going to be there and you don't benefit that at least the 20 minute session is adding to your health and to your life and to your results so therefore you're going to have more energy and feel better and more energy means that you can get the dishes and you know mopping done later there's no like urgency for that so just figure out on your list like what is the most important thing that's going to give, you know, value to you and your family. And then, yeah, the rest can wait. There's this book called, um, I forget who it's by, but it's called The One Thing. Uh, (laughs) That's that's probably why I'm speaking like this. But, yeah, it's just a matter of, like, figuring out what's your number one thing on the list and make sure each day that that number one thing that you've decided is your, like, non-negotiable is done per day. 
and then the rest just whatever follows as the day goes on. I needed to hear that because yeah. I, I will fill any, and sometimes for me, it is just space. Right. Like I don't give myself space because I just do, 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 do. Yes. And I will make time for my workout, but I will fill the minutes I maybe have to just catch a little breath mm-hmm. with something. And sometimes that's the least productive thing we can do, which I think this ties into kind of what we were talking about right before we hopped on of like the mental health side of the physical activity and the mental health side of carving out that time. I mean, I feel like the reason I commit to the gym is because it carves space for me. Yes. As an individual. Yeah. Yeah. And a time, and, and I have gone through phases where I go, well, I could be hanging out with my kids during, during this busy day. I'm making time for the gym and not necessarily making time to like play Legos for an hour, but I just feel like I'm such a better mother when I can make that time. I mean, have you seen that really, that close tie between mental health and fitness? Oh, definitely. I think that they're both related. I, like if you're not feeling good internally, like your gut is your second brain. So if you're eating crap food and you're not moving your body, you're going to be all tied up in your stomach. So uh, that's like, what I thought the cookies I ate last night that's, that <laughs> threw my day off today. <laughs> <laughs> I almost brought some crumble and then I thought better about it. It always makes you feel good for the first five minutes and then it makes you feel really unwell. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, if, if you're not taking care of your health, you're not going to feel the best. And this also brings me to the next point, uh, which you guys didn't ask, but I'll probably address because it's something that I was actually just reading before when I was replying to my TikTok comments. There was a lot of comments on there saying, really, makeup and hair when you lift like really yes. bitter about it. And I was like, okay, so coming back to the point of feeling good and taking care of yourself, if you feel good, you, you know, you're better with your family, you lift better. I wear makeup in the morning. It's the first thing that I do for my day, not for the gym. I don't go get dressed up for the gym. Like I, how I look is how I look. And so if I feel good during my day, I'm going to have the best training session, you know? Um, so it's not, yeah, it's not about, I just don't like the stigma around people being really offended with women that just want to feel good about themselves and they're training to feel good they wear makeup to feel good like if you don't wear makeup to the gym if I did a video and I have my hair in a bun no makeup at all I bet you I'd get comments saying oh definitely so tired what's wrong is everything okay like it's like you can't win so you best to just do what makes you feel better and if you know missing a, a game of lego or building blocks with Lego just to have a 20-minute session in so you can come back refreshed to your child and be like, I've got all the time in the world for you now and you're in a better mood. You shouldn't ever feel guilty for that. That Lego is always going to be there, you know, and I don't even think my kids remember me playing Lego with them at three. I I probably played games of, like, building towers and they're not even going to remember, you know, so... That is so good to hear. It is refreshing to hear that because I think there are these expectations of on on women and particularly moms that we are supposed to be at everything. We are supposed to look good and have careers and be Pinterest moms who are doing all these crafts and we're supposed to be so many things all at once. And if we if we slack on any one of those, it's like you said, if you don't put the makeup on. You know, well, why doesn't she look good while she's doing that? And it's so refreshing to hear that. Guess what? If you if you prioritized self-care over Legos in that moment and you still love the crap out of your kids and they know it, they're going to be fine. I need to hear that. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm sitting here like I need to hear that because you guys know I'm in a stage where there's 
like I don't take care of myself over Loxley. Like I, yeah. I'll probably, I'll be, a, I'll, I'm a great first mom. Like what you said with my second kid, I'll be like, okay. Yeah. I was telling the girls, I'm a so-so mom. I was, I'm a great mom. I'm a fantastic mom of one. I'm a pretty good mom of two, and I'm a so-so mom of three. Kids, you have the more you let go a little bit. I was just saying. Super true. And this, like, I feel like, you know what? I have better workouts, guys, when I have a spray tan because you can see your muscles a little more. And <laughs> Kayla, is, Kayla is exceptional joking. at drawing the muscles on. Although yeah. I will say, I, they called me Donald Trump last week because I was a smidge orange. Oh, no. <laughs> but man, the we'll muscles. Add more purple tint to it next time. <laughs> there we go. But then when you got like a little, you know, I'm so pale just naturally. And so, but when you got a tan and you can see a little bit so more definition you're like oh dang i'm gonna try to lift the heavier weight tell me about your clothing line i'm dying to hear about what kind of like what inspired that like there's a little story there i was um 16 years old and i um had this book and i had all my drawings of like clothing and all of these ideas and like pencil and what i was going to name it so i had this like manifestation when i was really really young um, I never went on to study textiles or anything to do with clothing later on in life. I uh, kind of just fell into having kids really young. But um, I picked up the dream again at 25 years old when I started into the fitness industry. Um, and I had, at this stage, I transitioned from a book and a pencil into screenshots and a folder in my phone. So I was screenshotting all of like these designs that I'd see or if I saw a fitness girl and she had this top on that I loved, I'd screenshot it, put it in the folder. Um, I'm like, I just really want to do a clothing brand. Anyway, another 10 years passed. So we're now nearly 35 on Saturday, actually. My birthday's on Saturday. Oh, happy early birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, 87, so, baby. Yes. Ah, such a good age, isn't it? We just well, I'm not, I'll be, I, am I 35 yet? No, I'll be 35 in September. <laughs> oh, beautiful. It's such, yeah, it's such a great age to like really figure out who you are and what you're doing and where you're going. And so... Now, for me, 10 years later, I've picked up the dream again and it's been a year in the making and we've, um, you know, worked together with my partner um, to make this happen and now we've got what we call Yondit. Uh, the name's a little bit weird because, you know, I, I'm, I'm Italian so I get really uh, emotional and aggressive about things. So I'd be walking around a house when I'm angry or something like that and I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm just beyond it. I'm over it. And he's always like saying to me, oh, you're Yondit, are you? Because I'd say it really fast. I sounded Yondit. <laughs> I'm just like beyond it. Um, so anyway, then that's where the name came from, just getting beyond it, you know, but in a more positive context, beyond your limitations, not so much. I'm just freaking over it. Um, but, yeah, so it came from that and then we put this clothing brand together and it's it just means a lot to me because it's not just like, oh, we've slapped it together and this is a good money-making scheme. Like it's like this has been like a hard dream of being able to bring out my own product and something that I would wear and that I would want others to wear because if they're wearing it and I'm lifting heavy, and then they picture themselves, you know, or put, they put it on and they feel that like, oh, I've got the strength too because they're in like a strong looking, you know, suit. I don't know. It's just like there's, I just, there's so much emotion in it. So, yeah, we only launched like two weeks ago, I think now. <gasps> wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Very That's exciting. amazing. Well, speaking of getting in there and feeling like you can lift heavy because you feel good and, and they've seen you in it and they're in it, what would you say to women listening who might be intimidated 
by the gym because I feel like that's a hard hurdle to get past. There is such a learning curve of picking up a plate and putting it on. And I, to this day, will be like, I can't go up and wait because I can't get into that position. Or I will go through this phase where I'm like, well, this just feels like the part of the gym I'm not supposed to be in. So how would you, what advice would you give to women who go like, that's before you even answer that, I think all of our listeners should know that Corey completely gestured to me when she said that. Oh, I didn't mean to. No, there was not. That that was me though. I am like, I've gone, I've had my things, right? But I need, I need a new plan. I need a new plan. How do you do it? So I think firstly acknowledge that all of those emotions that you're feeling of I'm scared, I don't know what I'm doing, it's intimidating or normal. Did we coin the term is 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 gym intimidation? Is that a thing? Mm. <laughs> we just made it one. Like that's all. Awesome. I've, I've never heard that before, but it's Heard true. It it's a thing. It's a thing. And I think and it and it should be. Like you would be very uh courageous if you were someone that could just easily walk into a gym and not feel threatened or what you know, scared about who's looking at you or you don't know what you're doing. Um it's all very, very normal. I know that for me personally, this was my transition, by the way. So running, and then it went like lifting in my like shed at home where no one can see me then it went to a gym but it was a women's only gym so I transitioned because I would never ever go to a commercial gym that's just too scary so then I was doing some weights and cardio in the women's gym and then from that point I moved uh towns so the only closest gym was a commercial gym and that was the most scariest thing I remember walking in there I was getting like hot sweats um I remember also like sitting down on a machine and like reading what you do like you know they have little pictures what muscles you're working and what to do so I like try and look at that but then hope that no one else was looking at me looking at that so I looked like I knew what I was doing when I didn't um (laughs) so then it and then it was that transition but I remember yeah the first couple of weeks just getting really hot and sweaty and overwhelmed um walking into this gym just really worried about what people were thinking of me and who was looking at me. But what I didn't actually realize is everybody is in the same boat. Like everyone is worried about what you are thinking about them because uh, we are all the heroes of our own story. We always think about ourselves. So they're not thinking about you, which is the crazy thing to think about. But, um, yeah, I think like once I got into the routine and got past that uh, initial point and you start to see familiar people and you start to see that everyone's just doing what you're doing, they actually don't know what they're doing either. Uh, you realize that it's not that scary at all. But I do understand that transition can be very um, emotionally challenging for a lot of people. And it's, yeah, it's quite normal. None of us walk into the gym feeling like a hero. We've all got to start somewhere um, and just gain the confidence as we go or fake it, you know, pretend like you know everything. Yeah. And then you know. There no, we go. No difference, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fake it till you make it. So it's really yeah. just getting over that, getting over the hump, getting over the hurdle. What is the, what are we getting, getting over? over the hump? Getting over the, the anxiety, the anxiety, acknowledging it. I think it's really important to acknowledge how you feel. Yes, I am anxious. Why are you anxious? Because I've never done this before. Fair enough. You know, how can I be better by ga- gaining the confidence to walk in there and do something I've never done? And I know that if I do that, that makes me grow as a person and I can only go forward from here. You can't fail from growing as a person. You can't fail from doing something that scares you. So I think, yeah, if you can muster up the courage or even do what we we're talking about earlier, which is become accountable to somebody, whether it's a friend or on social media or for your partner to see on your mirror wall, what you're doing, I'm going to lose five kilos this week and I'm going to do it by walking into a commercial gym or wherever you go. Like 
making claims about what you're going to do and be reminded why you're going to do it. I love seeing the trend towards strong women. Mm -hmm. I feel like strong is the new skinny. I didn't really pick up heavy weights until after my second child. And the only reason I did it, I've always been in the entertainment industry, so I was always scared of getting huge in a way that no one wanted me to be because, you know, slightly emaciated was the best look when I was living in L.A., which is just horrifying, you know, and that's changing too, uh, which is great. But there was this side effect of picking up heavy things after my second child when I was kind of like, well, screw it. Might as well pick up heavy things because my body's so weird anyway. No better time. You know, I was always tr scared to try stuff. But the side effect of doing that was strength. It was easier to lift my children. It was easier to lift strollers into the car. And I loved feeling strong. And that's what got me addicted to it. It wasn't body composition changing, which also happened eventually. But it was like, oh my gosh, after these C-sections with my core and, you know, kind of feeling blah, the strength side of it was what really got me addicted. And I would really encourage anyone listening to go stalk Stephanie in like a non-creepy way. Encourage her to dance, okay? Because we all need to see more of that. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to like, I'm going to like comment, like positive troll your account. To <laughs> yes, yes. But, but, but be inspired by what she's doing because I think it's just so, it's, it's just such a great feeling to feel strong. Do you know what's funny, Corey, about what you just said is, you know, once you picked up the weights and you, and, and like initially you felt really fearful of gaining a stack of muscle and looking masculine, which is a lot of women's fear when it comes to weight training. But the funny thing is if you can get past that and realise it doesn't happen as easy as said it's done, um, you actually, when you do start lifting weights and you do even just get a little bit of tone, you're like, oh, I want to be jacked. I want as much muscle as possible. So your whole mindset changes and you wish you were like, <laughs> huge you know it's so weird like I know I was like that I was really fearful about um even lifting I remember saying to my partner when he was teaching me the power lifting I'm like listen I'm happy to learn this but I don't want to turn into a man so like I don't <laughs> want to go too heavy and he looked at me and he like laughed and I was like no seriously and he's like do you even know how hard that would be for that for you to even gain the muscle to even look masculine like what people don't realize is like a lot of women that do maybe have that size that they've obviously worked so hard for number one have been training for years number two probably eating in massive surpluses and number three there could be some um, drugs involved there where they are getting those masculine features which is like some of the side effects like as a newbie lifter or someone who's even doing it naturally to even get that amount of size is difficult it's not that easy like <laughs> you don't I, just I don't turn into the hulk it. overnight like yeah like it's crazy so i get where the fear comes from because when you look at if you type in muscular female pictures like that would probably pop up so you think oh okay well i don't i'm not sure if that's for me <laughs> but it's like the one percenters in the inter internet are popping up but yeah it's not that easy and to gain muscle is um a lot of work and a lot of commitment and routine and even diet, making sure your diet's on point. I know that I work really hard with my diet to make sure my meats are full of protein and I'm hitting my protein goals and all these types of things. So it's really, yeah, I wouldn't ever be fearful of turning into, yeah, like you said, the Hulk overnight. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> 
So you are eating a certain amount, working out a certain amount, and then you go, oh, I like my body right now. So what does it look like to just maintain that in a way that life is just good where you're not not working out anymore, but you feel like you're just in a kind of a happy place? It's taken a very long time to even feel close to that. I think it's very hard when you're on social media because you're comparing yourself to everybody else. Like I could wake up one day and go, you know what? I like my body today. I'm not bloated. I feel good. I can eat what I want within reason and not gain weight. Then I jump on social media and scroll and see a shredded girl. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get on diet. I'm going to get shredded. Look at me. I hate my body. So that's like probably the most challenging thing is when you get to a healthy place in your mind and then you get on your phone and everything changes. So I think the best thing that you can do and that I've worked for my, that's worked for myself is work within your strengths. So I know that for me to get super lean, I have to diet really, 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 really hard. I have to do copious amounts of cardio and I'm miserable. And I also gain the back weight back really quickly. And genetically, I'm not predispositioned to being a leaner body type. I gain muscle really easy and I find losing fat really, really hard. So if I know that I gain muscle easier, in my mind, I tell myself, okay, well, if my body feels more comfortable being a muscular type body type, I need to get comfortable with that and actually embrace my strength, which means like pump those legs, get those glutes as big as possible and just rep what my body wants to be. I think when you try and fight your body all the time, it gets tired, you get tired of yourself and then you're always trying to compete with somebody else that you see online. Like you may see me come up after the skinny girl and go, oh, hang on, no, wait, I want a bit more muscle. And then you scroll again, you're like, oh, that girl's got no muscle. Oh, I want to be like that because she looks like she'd look good in a dress. Like it's just like figure out your body type, what your strength is and what your body leans most towards when you're in your happiest space. Oh, that's such amazing Mm -hmm. advice. And you know what? Even going a step further, I think we should just go unfollow the people that we don't want to see in our feed, right? Like because- Roxy Earl said that. Yeah. Because they don't make you feel good, unfollow them. And I love your honesty because if you can feel that way, anyone can feel that way. I mean, you have a a body type that just anyone would would love to have. And you can still see someone else's picture that makes you feel crappy. I don't think I've ever heard it put that way, that it's like, it's not really you that needs to change. It's it's your mindset. It's your perspective. It's something even like crazier that I've, I probably, I don't know if I've said it publicly before, but um, just to put it in perspective for you about how real this is for me, um, you know, the sweat app, you have all the trainers and we're all so different. We all have different body types because we all present different types of training. So you might have Kayla, who does like a lot of body weight stuff, super skinny. Then you've got like, oh, you know, Chantal, who's quite muscular and shredded, six pack uh, does hit. So when we used to go do these photo shoots together, I used to be like crying in the bathroom before because I felt like the big one out of the group, the one that like was just like the bulky one. And I was next to all these shredded girls and I was just like, I was just like so insecure and just like would get so much anxiety doing these shoots. And I really, really struggled with my self-image being put on a pedestal next to these girls who had completely different body types to me. And I was doing completely different training to them, but I started to hate myself. And then when I would get home, this is being on the sweat app, by the way, as a trainer, I would get home and try and get on the next diet. Uh, So I can tell you, you know, even what you guys may look at me and think, oh, you've got the best body type that I still struggle with my self-image 
comparing myself to the next person or scrolling and seeing another girl. And, and I've been often on diets too, trying to like lose weight. And then I guess like, yeah, the point that I've come to is like, this is me. And I think that if I can be confident in my body, that will encourage other girls who maybe have a similar body type to be confident in theirs. If there's no one else repping your type of body, then uh, that you've got no one to be relatable with, you know? So I needed to accept that I've been put into this position, thrust into the spotlight, which wasn't, I guess I built my Instagram, but I didn't think that I would ever, it would ever be what it is. And I'm here now and I'm like, well, how can I be, how can I be an inspiration with who I am without being fake by being, you know, shredded when really I'm not someone who can maintain that. And I would have to kill myself doing that behind the scenes and then present something online that I'm actually not. Um, so, yeah, th that's the point that I had to come to with my own journey with being a public figure or putting out content is like you just have to really just be real and, and love yourself and be honest about struggling in this area. And to be honest, I'm not honest enough publicly about that, you know, and I don't know if that's because I've protected myself over the years of just putting out the training and always looking like it's a great time. There's many hard times. I've put out, you know, lifting a video where I'm doing a deadlifts at home in the gym and then coming inside crying between sets because I don't want to freaking be there. I don't want to freaking do it. I've got yeah. my period. I don't feel like lifting right now. And now I'm going to have to go lift and I should be just inside with a heat sack on my tummy. Like I don't want to do it, you know, and I'm, I've always just forced myself to put out that content and then it became really unrealistic for people. Um, so that's something that I've had to really work on and be honest about and opening up about any of the podcasts at the moment or even on my page um, speaking about, you know, it's okay to have a day off. Where I used to be the trainer, it was like, don't have days off. You're weak if you do. Like now I'm kind of like, you know what? Where You're a human being. I forgot what it's like. I had my first period since having my third baby and I only had like three between my two youngest because my third was a, a big surprise. And I forgot yeah. what it's like to be on your period and how much water retention. I mean, I looked in the mirror and I was like, what is happening? Just I just felt like, physically draining. Yeah, yeah, like my thighs yeah. and my everything just looked so different. And yeah. we go through that every single month. Our hormones dictate how we feel, how much yeah. water we're retaining, how much strength we have, how good or bad we feel about ourselves. And, and like, you know, you being you doesn't mean that you're exempt from that. I know for me, say I train six days in a week, probably two of them might feel good. <laughs> you know, we're going to have like... Yeah great sessions, but as long as you're staying in routine and you're moving. And I think the only way to success is not, and this is, I'm not special. I've just done it more publicly online. But the only thing that makes me different from somebody else is I just do something consistently each day. And I think that if you can do that too, you can meet any of your goals uh, or have anything that you desire if you're doing one thing in your day to get closer to that. So, yeah, for me, it's that training, train you know, five, six days a week, that's my thing um, and that's non-negotiable. So I guess to your listeners today, figure out your non-negotiable and create a goal around that and whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be fitness. It could be like putting together, I don't know, a little small business that you've been wanting to launch um, and you don't see how it's going to happen and you can't see the end result yet. But if you're doing that one thing consistently, it will surely come to pass I know that, yeah, the clothing for me took how many years? Like I was 16, 35 now. 
I didn't know at 16 how it was going to happen, but now it's happening. So hold something in your heart that's true, that you desire, and just each day focus on that and make it your number one, and then everything under that can come second. That is such good advice. I can, I, I love it. I'm so glad we finally got to have you on. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I'm so glad to be here. And just be know right. that you've got some girls who we we really admire you yeah, and yeah. and what you're doing is really important and dang your body rocks <laughs> it's such a great takeaway of like be what you are you know <laughs> like and and just find a way to to love and embrace what you're supposed to be yeah i i just didn't see the other end of that the importance of me being who i am i was so fixated on what i'm not um, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people when it comes to their fitness journeys or anything in their life, they look at what they're not and what they don't have instead of seeing who they are and what their strengths are. So even if you may not have the perfect body, you may have the perfect voice that people would kill for, or you may have like the perfect husband that people wish that they had. Like there's so many things that we all have that are our strengths and our, our actual blessing in our lives that we just need to make sure that we see instead of like oh I wish I had that this house and that car and whatever we get so fixated on all that stuff and we end up becoming miserable so yeah it can be it's it's hard to change your mindset but I think that if you can see the car uh, I think the same goes the cup half full and not half empty half empty half full or is that the same thing half full is the way you want to see it the optimistic part exactly yep well I was gonna ask you like if you have any you know like fitness or diet hacks, but I actually think, I actually think there's nothing better that we could leave our listeners with than what you just said. Yeah. I, I love how she said that. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. crazy though. Cause it can, it's like, you can start your fitness journey and feel really, really good and then start scrolling and feel even worse than when you started. So just make sure you protect yourself. That's probably my biggest advice. Don't go follow what you think is an inspiration if it's going to actually make you feel worse about yourself. So just be careful that you can actually follow someone and be inspired instead of looking at them thinking I'll never be that. Like you said earlier, like unfollow the people that are bringing you, I don't know, depression. (laughs) Yeah. Like the bad vibes or even just bad vibes for you. It's not even their fault. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody make sure you go Google Stephanie Sanzo, S-A-N-Z-O, uh, and go check out everything she's doing. I'm sure if you listen today, you're probably already doing that. And yeah. Stephanie, um, if you start dancing and stuff again, we will totally be like duetting you. Oh, yeah, we should do that. And sharing because that's what we want to be for moms is what you want to get back to for fitness, which is the real side of it is like, do we love it? Is it the best? Thing we've ever done yes but is it really hard every day and are we always trying to figure out if we're doing it right and are we always feeling like we're, we're failing, failing? yeah also, yes i i was already a fan and now i'm like just i i i just have a lot of admiration for you um and what you're doing out there and and the things that you're sharing and the importance of that thank you that means a lot it's always nice to know that what you're doing is making an impact somehow because sometimes you're in your own little world and story and you're just on autopilot doing things and you forget sometimes when you see numbers and not like actual real people in person you forget that these are souls you know absorbing um so I'm glad that it's making like a positive impact in some way and very encouraging to me I'm convinced you got me pregnant 
<laughs> File that under things she has never heard before. Oh, uh, well, it's true. You got me strong enough to get pregnant. <laughs> amazing I'm, I'm so glad and i'm looking forward to seeing you back on the program going hard and get that first week done and we'll be all good from there yeah <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for everyone who listened today. Make sure you follow us at Hi, My Name is Mom Official and come jump on Patreon. Maybe we'll share some of the shenanigans as we're trying to get into a program and I'm trying to meal prep. We'll share <laughs> share that on Patreon. Three bucks a month. You can get the 10 minute gab fest. Patreon.com slash Hi, My Name is Mom. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. 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 Today's episode is brought to you from The Russell, a historic East Nashville boutique hotel whose mission is to give back to the Nashville community. As of 2021, Mission Hotels have donated over 100,000 meals, showers, beds, and supplies to those experiencing homelessness in Nashville. Visit missionhotels.com to book your experience today. Your name is Mom.